My name is Allie, and welcome to Funny Fat Friend, a podcast about this bodacious biracial babe trying to find herself in film. It has been six weeks since my last episode. We have been protesting here in Louisville for 49 days, and we have still seen no justice. I hope to be coming back to you all in a fresh world with tangible legal change and justice, but that unfortunately isn't the case. I was honestly afraid to come back, because I didn't want to be a distraction. I felt guilty wanting to create something for myself right now. I'm ending my hiatus today because after speaking with wise friends, I realized that while I have been actively fighting for black lives, black voices, and black art to matter, I have been pushing my own life, voice, and art as a black woman to the side. So I'm fucking back! This podcast exists because of inequality, and I am longing for the day that it is no longer relevant. In every episode going forward, I will be spotlighting a local organization that I hope you'll give your time, love, energy, and support to, like you do for me. This week, I'm going to tell you all about Louisville Community Grocery, which we're highlighting in our YouTube channel this week as well. Hey, I have a YouTube channel with my roommate, Sarah, so check us out. It's called Could Be Worse, and it's a damn hoot and a half. Okay, I'll go into detail about Louisville Community Grocery at the end of the episode, but right now... Let's get back to what we have all been waiting on bated breath for. The end of the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 2. So this is the second time I've seen this film. The first time was my sophomore year of college. I saw it in a theater with my friends Josh and Carrie. Shout out Josh and Carrie, what's up? Uh, They were staying with me over Thanksgiving break. And we went to the movies and we're like, yeah, let's see Breaking Down Part 2. Which I remember Carrie had seen them all. I'm pretty sure he has also read them. And so he was excited. Uh, I had seen one or two of the movies at that point. Somebody who is a religious listener of this podcast can tell me exactly how many. (laughs) Because I don't even remember. Um, But Josh had seen none of them. And had read none of them. And didn't really know anything about them. And his reactions consistently throughout watching Breaking Down Part 2 is still one of my favorite experiences in my entire life. Highly recommend. But yeah, so this film, uh, like most of the series, uh, it's, uh, it's really bad. It's uncomfortably bad, actually. Like, this one is unique, unlike the others. The worst part of it is that it takes itself extremely seriously. Like, fuck y'all. It really thinks it is that bitch. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable. But yeah, it came out in 2012. It had a budget of $136 million. It made $830 million, making it the highest grossing film of the series. And that's enough of those deets. Let's just talk about this movie. Okay, luckily, in my break, Amazon Prime decided to add all the Twilight films to Prime Video, so you can watch them all. Shout out my parents for having Amazon Prime Video. (laughs) I didn't have to pay for this one. Alright, so this one, it starts out pretty different. It has an extremely long opening credit sequence that is just like like a weird emotional slideshow. Like, I feel like this slideshow would be happening in the back of, like, a some artistic senior in college playing this before their one-woman show. That's kind of what it feels like. It's black and white photographs of landscapes and bugs. At one point, there's just, like, a spider holding, like, a raindrop, which I guess that's beautiful. I don't know, but I don't know what it has to do <laughs> with the movie. I don't know what that symbolizes. They suck blood. Do spiders suck blood? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Is this relevant? So yeah, spider, raindrop, cool. It's black and white, and then every once in a while there's like a, a red filter over one of the images, meaning 
blood. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just supposed to be like ooky spooky. I don't know. But it's three minutes. It's over three minutes of the whole beginning of the movie. It's just a slideshow with everyone's names on it. Which, there are some impressive people in this movie. I was, like, freaking out. I was like, whoa, 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 How? Um, sir, how? But I guess, yeah, this director is, like, famous, so maybe that's how. But, uh, yeah, so the first three minutes, skip them. Just, just hit, hit that forward, y'all. Double tap. Double tap that forward. The score, though, is really beautiful. Good job, Carter Burwell. I'm pretty sure it's Burwell. Burwell. Carter Burwell. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's probably that. But this one in the soundtrack department is a... This one sucked. <laughs> this one's not good. But that, uh, that composition is tort. Okay, yeah. Once we're done with our slideshow, then we get an extreme close-up, which is the same shot, I think, at the end of Breaking Down Part 1. I didn't feel like going and looking to see if it was exactly the same, because who has that time? Not me. So it's Bella's eyes, and they're all red. And then we get a bunch of weird zooms of stuff. Again, another slideshow of just stuff in the room, zooming in. I guess she's got her intense vampire eyes that can just enhance, enhance on images or something like that. And then she sees Edward, and it goes immediately down to his hand. She's standing there. They hold hands. We look at their hands for a long time. Hands are significant. I do like hands are pretty. I, I think they're cool. So I guess I wasn't mad. The ring, though, still. Her wedding ring is still absolutely outrageous. I forgot about that thing. But we have to look at it like 40 hundred times during this movie. Because we have a lot of close-ups on hands. Also, I got like a new TV. <laughs> and it is so high definition. This film was never meant to see in the level of high definition that my TV was playing it on. It was really uncomfortable. Everybody's skin is so, like, glossy. <laughs> I hate it. Everybody looks, like, kind of wet. And I hate it really bad. I don't understand. But, okay, so that's what I was dealing with throughout the whole movie so maybe that's my discomfort it's not there's worse things and i don't understand bella's eyes are like red scary edward's aren't it might be because he's wearing contacts but it doesn't make sense why he would be wearing contacts at home all the time so maybe that's just a thing that when you're first newborn your eyes are terrifying and then get normal that also doesn't make sense but nothing makes sense so i guess it makes sense okay cool we also find out that she is super duper strong because she like hugs him and he breaks all the bones in his little body. You can see the pain on his face. And I guess that's comedy. I don't know. I don't know if they were trying to be funny because they were so serious. So I don't know. I, I, it's not funny. It's not. And Edward tells her that it's her turn not to break him. Yeah, I guess they were trying. They were trying. At least the writer was trying. So, uh, yeah, it's scary uncomfortable. There's physical pain. That's so hilarious every single time. And then finally, she remembers that she had a baby and asks about the baby. But Edward is immediately like, oh, but you're probably thirsty, right? And she just, like, clutches her throat <laughs> and rubs her neck and is like, <laughs> I've been very thirsty in my life. LOL. Uh, but I've never like rubbed my throat to try and what? What does that say? What does that even mean? But okay. Then, oh, that's where we see the spider holding a water droplet. They go out into the woods and she's like looking around and there's a spider with a water droplet. Neat. So I guess it came back. We were, we were going to see it later. That's some good payoff for that image imagery. Yay. But we like see her other little like powers, I guess, as a vampire. Like she can hear really well and she runs real fast. And so you see them running and that's still hilarious. They still didn't figure out how to make that look 
not look real dumb than running through the forest. She's also wearing like this little blue cocktail dress and I'm just like pain in my thighs just of like what homegirl you're running yikes you know but whatever works you couldn't find bike shorts maybe she found some bike shorts to slap on in the time that we don't see her and she's running through the woods and she hears animals (laughs) the first animal she hears is an owl (laughs) which is like the middle of the day and that's the first animal they chose for her to ear it's like <laughs> and it zooms in and you see like a little owl and it is very cute so I guess I'm happy to see it <sighs> and then we see a squirrel eating a pine cone mm-hmm. and then she hears a deer and I guess you know she's like well whoop, that's what I'm gonna eat And so we watch this little deer, and it's making gross little noises, as deer do, and it's looking all around. It's like, it seems like it knows something is up, also. But then, while she's looking at this little deer, she feels a rock climber, and then we get to see there's like a rock climber who is like free, is it free bouldering or something? I don't know. I couldn't watch Free Solo, it made me want to die, so... Whatever that guy does, it's that. That person's doing that. Just climbing a rock with no safety equipment. And he, like, slips a little bit, scrapes up his knee. And you see her, like, wild out. And she, like, runs and starts, like, scaling this rock wall, tearing it up. And Edward is like, oops. (laughs) Uh, Probably should have thought about this. That people could be out in the woods in this national park I think (laughs) and uh yeah so he gets worried about that but she stops herself somehow she has control and she stops and she goes back to look at the deer and at this point there's a cougar shows up I think it's a cougar somebody correct me if I'm wrong I'm so sorry to the cougar community if you are not a cougar in this scene, um, and it's like a mountain lion. I don't think it would be a mountain lion, but I don't know. It looks like a cougar. Our mascot in elementary school was a cougar, and it looked like that. So, there's my expertise. Oh, there's construction happening outside, so I guess there's just gonna be this pounding sound. Now. Oh, okay, we're done. Oh, nope, we're back. Great. Anyway, cougar. And she, uh, the cougar was going to eat the deer, and instead of her eating the deer, she eats that cougar, tears it right up, and that's really scary, and I did not like that. But So she eats her cougar up, and Edward is very impressed by her resolve to not eat human blood. Oh, very impressive, you know, brand new vampire. She probably also can help control it because she knows what's going on. I don't know. All the, like, feral vampires we've seen in the past are, like, alone and scared and like one person around them and they didn't know anything about vampires before they got changed to a vampire so i think education here y'all education so helpful everybody you know when you know about something it's less scary you do better so so that's a good moral that they do not (laughs) say in the movie but i am bringing it up now everybody should be educated You'll live a better life. Boom. Okay. Then we get to see Jacob. Yay. And he's wearing this really thin long sleeve shirt that he is just crippling out of. Jeez Louise. Good for him. I'm happy for him. You know, if he felt good, he looked good. Great. But anyway, Bella was like, yeah, let me see my baby. Also, it's real. You smell really bad, Jacob. (laughs) So I'm glad, you know, we addressed that theme throughout the movies that uh, the werewolves smell super bad to the vampires. Which, why is that also? What? Is it because their sense of smell just gets heightened? And the werewolves smelled a little bit bad before and now they smelled really, like, or is it just some, I don't know. I don't know. We don't need to get into this. this is, we, we don't have to. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't want to worry my mind. I'd like to just purge this all. Let's just keep moving. All right. So, yeah, he stinks. It's hilarious. Everybody's like, ha, 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 And then <laughs> she finally gets to go and see Remnesme. But Jacob's like, well, maybe you need a second to calm it down. And she's like, yo, 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 yo. It's my baby. So I want to see my baby. And we get everybody standing in a room together. All the Collins and the Jacobs and the, you know. Um, everybody's wearing shades of blue. Which I really like the use of color in films, as you all know. I don't like this. I don't, I don't think it's interesting or clever or dynamic at all. They're all wearing blue in a very, like white house the sterile the juxtaposition is like kind of interesting to look at you guys are all one unit now right bella no longer is wearing something else she's part of the it makes them look like a cult <laughs> they're a cult now they're i guess they've always been a cult but cool great all right baby uh the baby okay this baby I remembered it being really scary. I remember it being uncomfortable. But this baby was literally in my dream last night. I was so scared. It, like, especially in the HD, like, it didn't, its face didn't move as quickly with its body. Like, in the high definition, it's like they couldn't keep up. Oh, the CGI baby is horrifying i hate it so bad <laughs> like i'm sure that they use it and like to educate people in schools i'm like yo you want to do special effects here's not what you're ever gonna do don't you ever do this to a baby's face and put it in a massively successful film it is and it's like flat. It's like not like three dimensional. It's everything about it is incorrect. Everything about it is the more you look at the baby's face, the worse it gets. So I recommend if anybody says Renezme during the first like 20 minutes of the movie, close your eyes because they're about to show you this baby and you do not want to see it. It is. <sighs> and why did they do that? Why? 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 Why did they? Why did they have to make a CGI baby? To like, because she ages quickly, but it's also like, I don't care. Use a regular baby. I like <laughs> nothing about a baby being a regular baby being used is not going to be the thing in this movie that makes my suspension of disbelief no longer possible. Everything in this film is insane. You should have used a baby. I hope they know that now. Um, or re edit it. I would pay. I would pay money to see this movie again with a regular baby in place of that CGI baby. I, I will give you money. So if you're out there listening, I'm sure everyone involved with Twilight has been listening. <laughs> Do it. Re-release it, please. Re-release it. Put a regular baby in there. Thank you. All right. So yeah. So now that we've talked about this horrifying baby for a long time, <laughs> Jacob tries to take the baby from Bella after she's holding it for a little while. Bella's like, well, what? Why? Huh? Why do you care so much about my baby? And Jacob's like, uh, it's a wolf thing. <laughs> uh, it's a wolf thing. I'm glad that is what they kept about the <laughs> imprinting speech. <laughs> Is that line of him saying, it's a wolf thing. Ugh, it's bad. And so Bella figures it out. And the next thing we see is her, like, literally throwing him out of the house. And just, it's, it's a yikes. She's way too strong. And she's mad. And uh, while she's beating him up, Ed, we get a shot of Edward just, like, being way into it. And that's also... You know, no kink shaming, but yo, dude, Jacob did not consent to getting beat up. So, yikes. He also calls Renesmee Nessie, 
which makes Bella fly off the handle more. And we get this gorgeous line about her being like, you nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? She doesn't sound like that. I don't know. <laughs> but she's upset. And, uh, you know, I think Nessie's cute. I think that's cute. Um, while she's beating Jacob up, his other pals, we remember, uh, Seth and Leah, that's her name, come up and are like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she almost paralyzes Seth. She, like, throws him up against a tree and, like, hurts him. Ugh. And it's really awful. Because he's so sweet. He's like a sweet little boy. And so she, that makes her feel bad, which is good. And then they're all together. They're The Collins are back together. They're holding that baby and are like, Oh, happy birthday. It's your birthday now, Bella. And she's like, well, I stopped aging three days ago. Like that. I don't care, you know? I don't... <sighs> it's bad. You know, maybe this was just it. This was just the end of the, you know, it was just like a relief thing, probably for the screenwriter just to be like, oh, it's over. Just throw it all out there, you know? Throw, throw, throw them all in. Leave it all in. Leave it all in, I think was the mantra. <laughs> Leave it all in. So they go, and uh, Alice gives her a key for her birthday, and they take them to a house that is covered in ivy. It is very gorgeous. And they're like, hey, this is your birthday present. A whole house that is fully furnished and extremely nice. Nothing about this movie is for me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> what is this? This outrageous fantasy. Um, sure. Cool. So they go uh, into the house, and it's really nice. And they, like, look in the little baby's room, and it's really nice. And I wrote down, wow, this baby's room is nicer than my entire apartment. And then they go into a closet next, and the closet is nicer than my entire apartment. <laughs> and finally they go to, like, the bedroom, and she's all like, ooh, what? Vampires don't need to sleep. And Edward's like, ooh, it ain't, it ain't for sleeping, girl. And then we get this weird, horrible slow motion. I guess it's a sex scene. It's not really. It's just close-ups again on their faces and elbows and hands <laughs> while a weird song plays and I also get that it's like pg-13 but it's they should have done nothing honestly nothing would have been better than what they did and that's the real theme of the movie nothing would have been better than what they did they should have done nothing okay everyone's journey is different <laughs> So, good for them having their uh, up close sex. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think it's Florence and the Machine is playing. I'm not sure. I didn't look that up. It just sounded like Florence Welch singing, which is not something that I've ever wanted to orgasm to. But like, cool. During the sex, there's a scene. There's a moment where like. It's a close-up on her face, and all around her face is just, like, all of a sudden, like, this weird glitter wind rushes around her. <laughs> just a breeze of glitter. should be a TikTok trend. The the glitter O face is really good. 
but okay, yeah. At one point, she does go outside and stand in the sun and feel her glittery skin, and I'm happy for her. But then, so they have their sex, and they're chatting, and she's like, I don't get tired or need to do anything else. Why do vampires do anything else but fuck all the time? And Edward was like, yeah, Rosalie and Emmett were so bad, I couldn't be around them for a decade. Oh, God. Like, come on, really? (laughs) A decade? Nonstop. There's, like, craft or something. You know, just, like, hobbies. They're fun things to do. Sex is great. Cool. But also, like... <laughs> Hyping it up that this is really unhealthy, this unhealthy expectation. Oh no, all these people are messed up. Everybody who liked them. <laughs> uh, that's media. Okay, that's media. It's bad. <laughs> that's me. Ten years. Jeez. Okay. We're moving on. This is this episode's gonna be one hundred hours if I keep moving at this pace. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so then they get back to the house. Taylor Lautner is all like, Taylor Lautner. Jacob is all like, oh, wow, you guys are already back. That's surprising. Just him also in on the whole, y'all would be fucking for 10 years straight. <laughs> but, yeah. So he's like, wow, that was really surprising. And then the phone rings, and everybody looks at it all uncomfortable. And Bella's like, oh, is that Charlie? Is Charlie calling? Remembering that, you know, she has a family that thinks that she has been dying and not allowed to see them for a long time. And Collins are like, yeah, we're going to have to like tell him you died soon, you know, and all that. But Jacob is sad and is like, whoa, what? No, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Because they'll have to move after he says they're dead. Jacob's like, but I have to be around this baby that is my girlfriend. <laughs> so Jacob takes it into his own... Uh, hands and he goes to see Charlie and it's like yo 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 Charlie I know you're out in these woods cutting up your wood upset about your daughter that you haven't been able to see I'm gonna tell you there's some weird stuff going on and uh I I need to show you something and so then Jacob takes off his top and he's wearing two sweaters so he takes off a jacket and two sweaters and then He starts to take off his pants because he's wearing full-length pants, which is interesting, you know, not his little cutoffs. He's grown up. And Charlie is like, whoa, 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 my guy. What's going on and why? And he drops Trow and turns into a wolf. And Charlie is full scared. Charlie MVP, still the MVP of the entire series. He deserves more than everything in this entire world that he has been handed. Yeah, so Edward and Bella are mad (laughs) because Jacob did that. He comes back and tells them. And uh, he's like, well, all right, be mad at me, but Charlie's going to be here in 10 minutes. So uh, get ready to see him. And she has to put in some contacts because her eyes are red and scary. And they're trying to teach her how to be a normal person. Like she doesn't didn't have the experience of being a normal person for the past 18 years, but she's a vampire now, so she moves real fast and doesn't know how to not move really fast. And also, apparently, being a vampire fixed your posture because she was real slouchy, and now she sits up real straight, and that's weird, so she has to be slouchy. <laughs> I need to know the rules about the vampires. I want the lore. Mm. But okay. It's also weird that Charlie hasn't, like, shown up before this point. Because it's like, he just, like, drives up. It's just a house at a place. He could just drive up. But I guess he was respectful and didn't do that. He gets there. Charlie gets there. And he asks if she also turns into an animal like Jacob. And Jacob's like, nah. She ain't that cool. (laughs) So I guess vampires can't turn into bats. I don't know. So, which TBH, that didn't make sense anyway. So I guess I'm not mad, but 
That is like an established thing. Okay, we can't keep caring. We can't keep caring. Alright, so yeah, Charlie handles it really well, which is just a testament, honestly, to this the wonder that is Charlie. Bless his heart. But the thing about telling Charlie, well, they don't... I still don't understand. Like, Charlie knows that werewolves exist now, but he doesn't know what Bella is. He just knows she's not a werewolf, and for some reason that makes it so she doesn't have to move. That doesn't make any sense. Why would that change anything? It's still gonna be like she's not gonna age. And they tell Charlie that they adopted a baby. They say Renesme is like an adopted cousin or something of Edward's. That is now their daughter. That uh, she's terrifying and uncomfortable to look at. And Charlie just is chill. But does that mean that also, like, she'll get to, to like, her mom can still be in her life? Like, we don't, we don't get any, any logical resolution. I have to let go of that. Yeah, I gotta let go of wanting that. There's no logic. There's no, there, nothing makes sense. You just have to believe Everything on the screen is fine in the way it has to be, and it works out great. Okay, so yeah. After Charlie meets the baby, everything's just fine. And for some reason, Emmett challenges her to a buff-off or something. It's like an arm wrestling contest. They take a big rock, and they, they put it in the woods. This Yeah, because this makes sense next to you guys. Um... Yeah, they arm wrestle, and she beats him, and then she just, like, kicks the rock all apart, because she's really strong, and that's neat. And this is where she sees the sun. Okay, yeah. And she's like, it's time to glow. And she goes and feels glittery. But then we get some voiceover, so that's nice, right? Don't we love voiceover? We love a voiceover. Yeah, and they talk about... Her life now is a vampire, and the Voltori send her a necklace, kind of showing that they're fine with it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the baby turns into a creepy toddler, and then <laughs> we get that nice little montage. And, uh, yeah, and they also talk about how they're hoping they can find some answers about Renesmee since she's aging so quickly. Uh, in Brazil, they think there's some answers. And then they're like out catching snowflakes, cause you know that's what you do with a toddler that can fly. <laughs> she can also fly. <laughs> the toddler can fly in the air now, and is catching snowflakes with Bella and Jacob. When we see. Uh, a blonde lady, which I initially thought was Victoria, but I forgot that she's, like, dead now, I guess. Uh, Victoria's not around anymore. It's just another blonde. This one's blonde, a blonde vampire, which turns out to be, like, one of their cousins from up north. Gosh! <laughs> so many things. But yes, this woman, who's one of the Edward cousins from up north, sees them, like, playing. And sees the kid and gets freaked out. Like, runs away. And Bella's like, what was that all about? But they go back to the house and Bella's like, yeah, I saw her. Uh, and uh, she ran away. And then Carlisle gets a phone call and it's like the family up north. And they're like, yeah, we sent her down there to reconcile because she was upset. Because, oh yeah, she was in love with uh, Lenny Kravitz vampire that they murdered. And, okay, great. <laughs> And also was upset because there were werewolves at the wedding. It's all coming back to me. They're like, oh, neat. Weird, though, that she ran away still. But okay, that makes sense. She was probably just upset because she saw Jacob. And, uh, yeah. Um, then Edward and little Renesmee toddler start playing piano together, which is so cute. The next scene is uh, the Voltori and... That girl, the cousin, is there. Uh, she went there to report to them. <laughs> and we've got Michael Sheen. 
still so fucking shaken to my core that Michael Sheen is the head of the vampire government. <laughs> and there's also like his left hand man that looks like an e-boy, like with his middle part, this blonde man and Dakota Fanning. It's just goals. <laughs> I like them. I'm into it. I might do a painting of them. I'm gonna paint them, put them in my house. I like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's like, I saw they have a child. And Michael Sheen, like, takes her hand to see what she saw. And he just, like, is, zooms in on his face and he goes, Oh, my. <laughs> he knew. He knew what he was doing. Michael Sheen, what a blessing. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we see, back at the Cullens, Alice has a scary vision of the Voltori and, uh, while they're playing the piano which apparently Renesmee can play the piano all by herself now in that moment in that one cut scene from when she's playing with Edward to now we're back <laughs> she's learned entirely how to play piano by herself so I guess she's also a hyper genius while she's aging really quickly Alice sees the vision of the Volturi coming for them and uh, she's like she tells them that they think that they have an un, an immortal immortal yes immortal child and uh, that's against the law we find out and we get a backstory on why it's against the law apparently like you can't control the hunger of the baby children's and they can freak out and destroy everything and their cousin's mother made an immortal child and was killed for it. So that's why, especially why, she was so upset um, by it. So that adds up. That's cool. So with the Volturi thinking that they have an immortal child and coming to kill them, they come up with the idea to get a bunch of other vampires, all of Carlisle's friends, to come and meet the child and learn that it's not an immortal child, and witness and testify on their behalf to the Volturi, which I don't really understand. It's like, if they're coming, they can just meet the kid and know that it's not one, you know? Like, but okay. I, we, we get a fun ragtag montage of them going around and meeting people from it, so that's cool. And Alice and Jasper, like, run away. They disappear. We don't know where they went. Uh, she leaves a note. It's written on the back of a William Shakespeare Merchant of Venice page, which is relevant later. And they all head out to go meet Carlisle's pals to get them to witness this child and come with them to talk to the Volturi when they show up. They go north first to Alaska to the Cousins. They meet the kid. They're like, whoa, this is not an immortal child. Wow. <laughs> then they go and they meet Rami Malek, which is exciting. And Rami Malek is in this movie, which is absolutely outrageous. And he is the Avatar. Um, <laughs> he can control all of the elements. He's a vampire and he can control all the elements. Which, spin off. Spin off. Do it. Oh, oh my gosh, please. If Rami, let Rami play Netflix. Hello, you're listening to me right now, I bet. I know you're working on a new Avatar series or movie. I'm not sure which. Rami Malek. But as his character in Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. Let's do it. Um, so cool. Yeah, that's, he meets them. And then they have some people come from the Amazon. They have powers. One of them can make you, like, see stuff. Sure. I don't really get why all these vampires have weird different powers. It's, it's relevant, I think, a little bit. But sure. They also meet Lee Pace, who is just one of my favorites of all time. I love Lee Pace. He's in one of my favorite movies ever, which is The Fall. Maybe I'll talk about that one. A lot of people have not seen that movie. It is one of my favorite movies ever, The Fall. 
He is one of the leads. He's also, of course, in Pushing Daisies. Hell yes. But he plays Chris Angel. I don't know. <laughs> he does. He looks like he's cosplaying Chris Angel. <laughs> and he's like an old revolutionary soldier, I guess, that Carlisle fought with or something. He just hates the British. And that's his entire character development. It's just talking about how the British are bad. <laughs> and being moody. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. But now they have like this whole group together at their Mick mansion. And someone is like, uh, oh, there's also like a group of people who come from Ireland. I think that's everybody now. Um, yeah, there's so there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of vampires hanging out. Uh, Jacob's uncomfortable, you know, and they all look awkward and thirsty. <laughs> you know, because they're all touching their necks. Because <laughs> they're thirsty. <sighs> but because of all like the vampires coming in, it's like made the. The pack, like, younger people in the pack are now getting triggered to transform earlier than they usually would. And so now Jacob is, like, training new little baby wolves. Um, and while he's training the new little baby wolves, haha, we get the last two of our vampire pals show up. Vladimir and Stefan, which are, like, I guess they're supposed to be, like, OG, like, Transylvania vampires. <laughs> they're really wonderful. They're hilarious. They, um, I, I don't know if they're supposed to be funny. Kind of funny. I don't know. They're, but, yeah, they're very, they're very, like, um, Dracula. <laughs> they're just little Draculas. Um. And we also find out that Bella has a special power, and it's that she's a shield, which this one has a term, so I guess other people have had this before, and it's where other people's powers can't hurt her, or can't, aren't able to affect her, and she has to learn how to, like, push her power outside of herself to shield other people. Woo! Uh, neat! shield yeah so they have the gang all together but then we find out that it doesn't matter that they put a gang together because apparently the Voltori have just been going around killing families to take their special people to add to their council and they want to take Alice because they don't have anybody who can see the future like she can so that's good um yay uh Edward Edward is like y'all want to still like stand with us and probably fight anyway because, you know, if they do this to us, they'll do it to everybody. And then everybody's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool, we'll do that. Um, sure. And, uh, <laughs> the Dracula men are like, wow, that was really easy to convince y'all. That was funny, I laughed, I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, there's also Joe something. I don't remember his last name. But he was in Across the Universe. And he is... Also very dirty in this movie and hot and doesn't like anybody <laughs> and is an important character, obviously. He's just skeptical and stands in the corner. <laughs> so great. Cool. Yay. Then we see the Volturi are like making their way downtown. That's not, that's not. <laughs> they are, they're like somewhere. They're like making their way to Forks. They're stopped somewhere and they're chasing somebody, I guess, to get information. And uh, we find like, uh, we find out about another one of the people in their groups, like what the power they have is, like because the Voltori are collecting these people who have extra powers. And Dakota Fanning's brother can push smoke out of his hands that take away all your senses. Ah. Then Edward's talking about, he's like, I have always had the habit of underestimating you. And that's nice to address that. Uh, and at this point, I notice again that the soundtrack is not good. So that's too bad. So 
she finally realizes that there is significance to Alice leaving her that note on that piece of paper that was the Merchant of Venice. Yeah. And so she goes and finds the book that she ripped it out of. And on the next page is like information about who she needs to go talk to. And she realizes Alice told her that because she's the only one that the Voltori wouldn't be able to like read her mind and shit. And no. And so she goes and meets this man who's named Jay. And I don't remember his last name, but he is in Seattle and he hands her a package and it's got a passport for Renesme and for Jacob. So Alice has seen that they're the only two that are going to make it out. So that's scary. Yeah, so she gets that and she goes home and packs a bag for Renesme with just piles of money that she keeps in a box in the closet. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they go to... It's uh, holiday time, I guess. And they're at Charlie's. They're unwrapping gifts. And Charlie and Sue are, like, official. They were together, and that's really sweet. And I like that. Yay. And they get Charlie a five-day fishing, fishing trip with Sue to, you know, get him out of the location because everything's about to go down. And, um... Alice in her note had also said that the battle would be the Volturi would show up when the snow was snicking was snicking when the sh- when the snow is sticking and it's sticking that day during the holidays so they know that he's that they're coming and uh, so that night everybody gets together in the woods they start a bonfire and it looks like it's gonna be a full orgy go down why are they all hanging out in the woods? The night before. It's like, y'all got a whole mansion. Everybody can fit in here. It's not, It doesn't matter. Like they're, The battle doesn't start in the middle of the night or anything. They don't need to be in the woods. But whatever. It looks cooler, I guess. <laughs> but Bella gives Renesme a locket that has a picture of her and Edward in it. And it's extremely ugly. And it's like literally the size of her entire chest. There's like they like bad jewelry in this family. So okay, cool. That's consistent. And then it's the next day and they're all standing in the middle of a field. I think it's the same field that they play baseball in in the first episode. The first episode. The first movie. <laughs> Just this open field and it's all snowy. And they're standing there, they're a little ragtag group all together. And Lee Pace has now fallen in love with one of the northern cousins. And he's like, I'll follow you anywhere, woman. <laughs> he uh, he gets a lot of lines. He gets like a weird amount of lines. <laughs> for just showing up for this and nothing else. But cool, I'm into it. Alright, and then uh, we see the Volturi come through and they're in a big line. And there are a bunch of them. There are way more of them. <laughs> But then the wolves show up too and like join their ranks and so it looks a little better. Looks looks a little more even, but it's still not good. And uh yeah. Yeah yeah. And the Volturi come up in their little marching band uniforms, which the costume design is very weird in this movie, as I've talked about with everybody wearing blue and then everybody wearing the same colors, and we've got our winter outfits are marching band uniforms for the Volturi, I guess, and big hoods. But yeah, so he's like, y'all have made an immortal child. And Edward's like, no, 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 we have not. You can touch me and see that uh, we did not. So he touches him and he's like, oh, okay, can I meet that child? And so Bedward, Jacob, Bedward, <laughs> Bella, Jacob, and uh, Aunt Emmett, for some reason, go up. And they look like video game characters because the editing is so weird on their faces. I don't under. I guess it's because making them paler or something. I don't know. I guess it was all just like shot in a green screen, and so uh, I don't know. The co- the coloring's really weird. They're all like really soft. That weird fake skin look. <sighs> yeah, and um, then Michael Sheen touches Renesme, and he <laughs> cackles. He like he laughs, and it's so wild. Like, <laughs> like. 
the move the entire film was worth it in that moment alone i i had been so miserable and then he gave us that piece of gorgeous gorgeous cinematic performance and it was all worth it and i recommend the movie for that alone see it um there's definitely a clip there's definitely just a clip you can watch it's just him laughing after touching this child's face (laughs) and it's perfect it's it's a perfect moment um but yeah he does he tells everybody that she's that it's true that she's half human and half mortal uh immortal (laughs) and then they bring up the cousin who told them and she's like uh obviously i was wrong i'm sorry i take responsibility which is wild and incredible uh, but then they murder the fuck out of her. <laughs> and so that sucks. And so her family, who is on the other side, gets upset and is about to start attacking them. But they get calmed down. Whew. And uh, so they're like, okay, we're not going to fight. But then Dakota Fanning is like, nah, we's going to start a fight. And so she tries to make everyone feel pain. But Bella pushes her shield out and is able to stop it. So that's good. Uh, and then Carlisle is like, yo, there was no law broken, so let's just chill. And Michael Sheen is like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. Uh, but then he turns around and gives this weird speech to everybody, all the Voltori, about how now, because this girl exists, humans pose an actual threat to them, so they should kill them anyway. <laughs> And, uh, perfectly Alice shows back up with Jasper and casually walks up to Michael Sheen and he is just stoked to see her. He loves her so much. And she's like, yo, I got evidence that that child is not gonna be bad. And just, like, touch my hand and see that vision. And, um... (laughs) They, like, stop Jasper from coming up with her and... Somebody just slaps him for no reason while this is happening. It's really weird. And I needed to point that out, but it's really funny. It's like, Alice is having this moment, and Jasper just sort of slaps him across the face. <laughs> no. Uh, leave it all in. That was, the, that was the theme of the movie. But okay, yeah. So she shows him her vision, and then she stops holding his hand and is like, upset and it's like it doesn't matter what i show you you're not going to change your mind you've already made this decision and she looks and is like yo bella it's time to take her renesme away and so she puts renesme on jacob's back and they run away and then the battle fucking pops off and it's like weird because it's like one person at a time at first like carlisle like runs up and uh they behead him right away. Michael Sheen just takes his head right off and it's real bad. <sighs> uh, and uh, all the vampires then start to go and fight and the wolves hold back for a second and then they go and they get they got them formations. They came prepared. Uh, and yeah, there are people just getting backhanded left and right. <laughs> and that's good. But then Jasper dies and that's sad. And then Smoke Machine McGee, Voltori Man, uh, starts to kill a bunch of people. <sighs> oh, yeah. They have one Voltori is chasing Jacob and Renesmee. Only one. Only one guy. For some reason. Uh-huh. So we see them running off, and we see that one Voltori is chasing them. But then we go back, and Dakota Fanning is just, you know, doing her pain thing. And it finds out we can... She can do it on werewolves, too. And, um... And she kills... Seth. Seth gets killed. And that's really sad. And Leah, like, howls. And Jacob can feel it. And so he's, like, distracted. And Renesmee gets scared. And is like, no, 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 no. Like, there's a man chasing us. And he's gonna hurt us. But Jacob still kills that Voltori that's chasing them. So they're safe. Rami Malek causes an earthquake because he's the Avatar. And makes, like, a fucking fault line that just is filled with magma at the bottom and everyone is like throwing the Voltori into there and somebody like Esme is about to 
fall in because there's a vampire on her back. And Leah jumps in and, like, gets the vampire, but then also dies. <laughs> Yeesh! And then Edward starts to fall into the rift. And it's, uh, somehow he propels himself out of it and then rips one of the dudes apart. And that's great. Uh-oh, she, he rips Dakota Fanning brother apart. And then Alice is real uh, fired up, you know, because they murdered Jasper. So she rips Dakota Fanning apart. Uh, it's great. Uh, she, oh yeah, she like holds Dakota Fanning down and a wolf eats her head off. That's lit. And then E-Boy with the mill part gets his face ripped apart. And by the old guy Transylvania Deeds. And yeah, and then Edward and Bella murder Michael Sheen. And uh, yeah, it's like, whoa, that was a lot. And then all of a sudden it cuts and everybody's standing there. Alice is holding Michael Sheen's hand. And it was all the vision. All of that was just a vision. And that's some fucking bullshit. And that's so fucking ridiculous. It's so dumb. It's so wild. It doesn't make sense. It also doesn't make sense. Because if that's her vision that she sees and that's not what happened, like, I don't understand. You know? Because the, the vision... Michael Sheen seeing that reality of him, he's gonna die if he decides to fight them, makes him decide not to fight them. Which would mean that the future isn't that. And... Uh, it hurts my head. It hurts my head. So I have to stop. You just have to stop thinking about it. So yeah. So the vision works and Michael Sheen's like, never mind, okay. Um... As, uh, he turns around and gives like a speech about like how they never mind they're not gonna fight and then these beautiful people walk up and turns out there are two people from that Brazilian tribe from way back when that might have information about you know Renesme and it turns out one of them is also half human half vampire and apparently he became full-grown after seven years, and he survives on blood and human food, whichever he prefers in the moment. So then Michael Sheen is like, oh, then I guess there's no danger here. We're not going to fight. And they leave. And it's especially goofy because at first they're just, like, walking away at, at normal pace, but then they, like, jet. And they, like, do their little fast speed. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah. But Transylvania vampires, they're pretty upset that they're not gonna fight because they're like, yo, they're not gonna stop being bad. Just like this moment, like, they're still a threat though. And everybody's like, whatever. <laughs> Which I agree with them. Like, they're still evil and bad. Like, <laughs> but sure. And so everybody's hugging and it's great. And it transitions um, to the forest. And it's all nice. And people are saying bye. And it's great. Oh, yeah. Edward tells Jacob that he's happy that he's around to protect Renesmee. And Jacob's like, oh, should I start calling you dad? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so gross. That baby is his girlfriend. <laughs> But then we see Alice have a vision of, like, Renesmee and Jacob when she's fully grown, which is when she was seven years old. Ugh. Ew, it's so gross. Yeah, they're together and happy and it's fine. And then Bella and Edward are back in their lavender field that they're in in all the movies, you know. And, uh... Bella's like, I gotta show you something. And she uses her weird shield thing. I don't know. And uh, this weird, like, misty air surrounds Edward. And uh, we see this weird 
montage, which is almost exclusively eyeballs and mouths, which is just how we do montages, I guess. And it's all the movies, basically, but it's from Bella's perspective, right? Of, like, falling in love with Edward and Christina Perry's Thousand Years is playing. And it literally looks like a fan edit of all the movies. Like, I think they might have just ripped a fan edit from YouTube and put Christina Perry's song over it. And, yeah. And she's like, now you get to see it, how I saw, like, myself falling in love with you. Which, like, doesn't make sense, but, like, okay, whatever. And then it turns to black and white while they're sitting there all in love. And then we see, like, the pages of a book turning. And then it's the last page of the book itself. And it's the end. Wow. Yeah, and then we have 1,500-minute credits. Because I watched most of the credits. But... It was, like, kind of nice that, like, they did the credits for, like, everyone that was in the series. It wasn't just credits for people in the movie. So they started from the very beginning and did the credits of everyone, which is, like, really nice. I think that's cool, actually, just to give everybody that moment, even if they weren't in the movie. So that was cool. And then the last three are Jacob, Edward, and Bella, and they all get, like, little page turns in between theirs with, like, quotes. From the books and stuff. Yay. <laughs> and then it's the regular credits. And it's Green Day. Green Day wrote the ending credit song. And it was really, really sad. It made my stomach hurt. And um, that's the right ending, you know? That's the way this had to end. It had to end with my stomach hurting. And me being disappointed. <laughs> in new ways about Green Day than I had before. <laughs> not, not how I expected to end it. But it's the right way to end it. And that's... <sighs> yeah. That's Twilight. Breaking Dawn Part 2. The end of the Twilight Saga. <sighs> I'm like full exhausted. It has a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And <laughs> it was the 6th highest grossing film of 2012. Which is the year that the Avengers came out, so, like, good good for them. They fucking did it. But my favorite thing about the film is that, um, about it being, like, the highest gross, the film that was in slot number five that beat Twilight for highest grossing was Ice Age Continental Drift. <laughs> and that's just the best. Yo, that's the one with like <laughs> Nicki Minaj and Drake and <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. That movie hit <laughs> beat Twilight, and I'm so proud of it. Maybe I should do those. Should I do all the Ice Age movies? <laughs> There's more representation for me as a mammoth <laughs> than there is in any of the Twilight movies, so that's great. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, and this one had the same director. Right? Part one and part two were done by the same director. Proving that having the same director didn't help the quality of the movies. So, well. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. And also, like, they didn't, like, have a similar feeling to me either. I guess, like, the weird zoom-ins were the same in the first and second one. They zoom, they zoom a lot. There's a lot of zoom-in. Uh, which there's a lot of zooming right now, too. Everybody wear masks. COVID is still happening. Great. But, uh, yeah. It was... Uh, right. So the big question. Yeah. Do I relate to this film? Fucking no. No, I don't. <laughs> if I didn't relate to the other four, if suddenly in the fifth movie everything came together and, like, there was somebody just like me or that looked like me even, that would have been shocking but i a little bit held out hope because it was like we were moving through times you know like it was 2012 when this movie came out like i was in college nope nope still the same oh <laughs> still bad <sighs> still very problematic and i'm upset yeah dealing with sexuality and 
relationships in such a negative way in these films is really bad. And I genuinely hope that it didn't affect people in a negative way and that they were able to understand that like they don't need those expectations or should want those things for themselves in their life. But we know that that's not what happens, that media influences us and our expectations. and That's disappointing. And they should be upset with Twilight. Twilight, I'm upset with you. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank God. Fuck you, Twilight franchise. Oh my gosh. But if you guys are curious, I, yeah, they're all on Prime Video. So if you have that, stream them for free. Don't spend any money on these, please. Just stream them for free. They even have, like, extended editions I saw, like, which I cannot imagine what that even means because they're already too long as is, so I don't know what more. And I don't want to find out. I'm not going to watch them again. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not doing it. You can't. Unless you pay me a bunch of money. If somebody sends me a bunch of money, maybe I will. But, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, bless up. We did it. Alright, I'm going to tell you about a really good thing now. I'm going to tell you about an amazing thing now <laughs> that I do relate to, and it's great. I'm going to talk about the Louisville Community Grocery. Yay! Okay, so, here in Louisville, there is a massive food disparity, especially in the West End, which is populated of primarily black neighborhoods. And there's only one grocery store in the area, and it is severely lacking in quality and accessibility. So because of this, the idea of the Louisville Community Grocery was born. The mission of the Louisville Community Grocery is to build a cooperatively owned grocery store that supports the local economy by providing healthy, affordable food through just and equitable food practices, employment, and ownership. I, personally am a member owner of the Louisville Community Grocery, and I would be so stoked to talk to you more about it if you'd like to be interested in becoming a member owner as well, or if you want to give or volunteer, etc. You can check them out online. It is loufoodcoop.com, and uh, you can also hit me up. I'm more than happy to talk about it, so you can find me on social media. My handles will be down in this description, as well as a link to the website. All right, so I've been your friendly neighborhood fat friend. Thank you for letting me talk at you. I love and appreciate you all. And I'd be happy to put together a ragtag group of vampires for absolutely no reason for any of you any day. All right, I'll be talking at you again next week with some a mystery movie. Ooh, that's my... <laughs> That's my Dracula impression. You're welcome. Okay. Bye.